listening to The Grassroots, available on iTunes for download and also available on SoundCloud. My guest this week is a gentleman whose name often crops up across the Basildon and Essex music scene. As part of Muss and Grumble, a duo he's been on the scene for many, many years, more recently been able to be seen with his wife Sarah as part of Fake 80s, also known as a one-man jukebox and an avid collection of guitars. Also, we have a connection which we'll talk about later on, which I didn't realise, but his niece was uh, bridesmaid at my wedding. It's Terry Stewart. Terry, welcome Hi to yeah. Grassroots. How you doing, mate? How you doing, alright? So, let me, let me start with an obvious question. Were you always musical? How did you get into it? Well, the bad thing is, is that it's probably about a year old, maybe less. I used to, my mum used to serve, because we lived in Pitsy Vange and stuff like that. My mum used to go into the butchers down at Pitsy Broadway. And they used to stick a tanner in my top pocket. I used to sing Popeye the Sailor Man. <laughs> so my first gig was at the Butchers in Pitsy Broadway, singing, I don't know if it was Conway's or someone like that, singing Popeye the Sailor Man. But every week I'd cut a tanner in my top pocket of my shirt. And then we'd go down the Vange Club sometimes and uh, my mum would get up and sing with Martin Stringer. I don't know if you know Martin Stringer, the bass player. Right, I'll, uh, I'll look him up if I don't know. I'm gonna look him string, up. Yeah. His dad used to play piano, little fella, like Martin, like his brother Frank. And um, I my mean, mum used to sing, but she was too shy to turn the old, so she turned her back to the audience oh. and she used to sing stuff like Green Green Grass of Home and all, all the old like, oh, stuff, yeah. stuff like that. Johnny Rolls, she used to sing all, all them old songs, and uh, and she used to you know, back to the audience and she used to sing and she used to do all right. So, music was installed in you from a very young age, yeah. It was just, just part of you it's not something you necessarily had to learn it was just always there yeah because the other thing is that not that i even knew them but my aunties in scotland my mum had some aunt my mum's aunts in scotland they was all on stage and all into singing and acting and stuff like that i never ever met them never done even you know knew much about them but but natural progression for you to just end up doing yeah because my dad was a motorbike racer he used to ride for Ipswich speedway and Used to do grass track, rally rockets. You know, he just—he was in the motorbikes, and I thought, sod that, it's too dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a dodgy profession. So, 1973, you started. Back then, yeah. That's back, it. Your first band. Tell me about your first band or your first. Well, first, what it was, it was that my best pal since I was six years old, no longer with us, Eddie Smith. Um, I've just recently bought his Heyman bass. I was going to ask you about the Heyman bass. The Heyman, Heyman 50 50. 50 very, very rare. Between yeah, I, I was going to ask you about that. You you put that on very Facebook. Rare. We've chatted a few times on Facebook. Haven't yeah. You? Never met. No, we, we started. What happened was he, his brother, Len Smith, who's on Facebook now, he's still on Facebook, he bought a guitar. Len was, I suppose, he was a few years older than us. He must have been uh, 17, 18. He's bought a guitar and a little amp. And it sat there. Of course, all the family would go out. They'd all go down the Winston Club. Lenny would go with them. You know, they'd all go out on the drink. And of course, me and Ed was 13, 14, I suppose, at the time. And we'd be sitting there. We'd, we'd you know, be watching Whistle Test and programmes like that. But, of course, this guitar and amp was sitting there. So, too young. It'd be rude not to, wouldn't it? Like, yeah. get it out, have yeah. a bang about. And we, we used to just lay it on the floor, get a hairbrush on, on right by the um, top nut end, and then rock this hairbrush and it used to make this because we was we were sort of in a tangerine dream and early floyd amagama all that sort of stuff so we'd be making all these weird noises yeah i got um i, I bought this little old wind organ thing far fees a wind organ so we'd get noises out of that and it had, it had little preset chords on it yeah we'd have all these mum's pots and pans um my dad had a cleaning business as well we, we picked up an old um, not the full piano 
my hand was the piano was all smashed up. Right. And I dragged home the actual string side. So we had that in. We had that as well. Oh, we right. dragged that in the house. His mum. His mum would be out. Uh, mum and dad would be out. There. But you're making music, aren't you? Oh, we're making, making a noise. We thought we was Tangerine Dream. We thought we was Pink Floyd. You know, before then, didn't even pick the guitar up and, yeah. and play it properly. It was just rocking a hairbrush, little hairbrush on it, and then like, <laughs> like this little sound. Show me a musician who hasn't sung it in the airbrush though, or, or, or danced around. Yeah, well, hairbrush has always been, that's, that's how the wife in the fake 80s, you see, because she knows all the, all the words to the, to the songs in the 80s. But she was about 10, 12 then, and she was just sing, she was singing to a hairbrush in the, in the mirror, <laughs> so she knows all the words. So at what point did you decide, well, it's starting to sound okay, let's sort of form a band or do something well, with it? My mate, Le, eldest mate, mate Len, um, he, he got married, and he, he'd married this lass whose younger sister, Tina Vincent name was he met he made Lorraine Vincent and and, and um, Tina Vincent was very pally with um, Vince Clark, oh, right. whose name was Vince Mine then at school he was in my brother's year at school time, and and Vince Clark used to play acoustic guitar, they had a little folk duo, oh, right. so she was sort of she'd um, you know we'd watch her oh, she's playing chords and we started to learn chords I got a book five hundred chords, and uh, and I, I learned. I just learnt every chord. It was there was not five hundred, but different inversions. You'd have four or yeah, five yeah. inversions of your, you know, your, your E major minor seventh, minor seventh, all bent yeah. diminished. And I learnt all those on the things. I then got, um, I then drew out a picture of a guitar neck, and I noted every note on there, and I learnt all those off by heart. Right. So then I was beginning to to learn each these chords has got these four four or five notes in six notes whatever and then I, I gradually used inversions and worked out so then I brought up this so what called triads initially and then there's, there's different ways of playing it yeah that's it all different chord inversions so even and then I knew what notes were. you were fascinated by the different ways that you could play the guitar because you are a very technically when I when I read your, your Facebook posts or when we've chatted about things before we chatted after we saw um we saw status quo the, the frantic four and you were saying and you came back and you said some of the chords they use some of the shapes they use they they get a bad press really yeah because they're absolutely what they're able to do is fascinating. Yeah, things like unspoken words got about eight or nine chords yeah it, right you know, whatever yeah but even then you were fascinated by the different ways and the different shapes that you could yeah you could find so yeah, what was it. the first song that you remember playing as a band or as a probably it was probably something like it, it was a quite it was a quo related little riff, you know the old da 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 that sort yeah. of thing. I, I think that was one of my first. We all have to learn that. Yeah, well, I I, I used to sit there, and put, I, I used to put an album on, but old vinyl thing, and sort of Morris play along with it. I I I did stuff like um, there was a track on Batman Turner Overdrive album later on that we learned, and um, uh, it just gradually whatever whatever the vinyl was at the time, put it on, and I'd I'd be picking bits and pieces. I out. bet you still do that, don't you? You still stick an album on and just strum along with it. I can still do that, yeah. Yeah, I still, I still do I still that. Do that. Again, yeah, I, I do that myself. Yeah. If I put the shadows on or something, because yeah. I got into it from the shadows, and you know, so I put the shadows on and play along with it. Yeah, that's not note for note because I have to go off on the tangent. I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. I'm not staying true to myself. I've always. No, no, that's, that's, that's so, true. 1973, you start performing live, if you like, first live show or my early first, live my show. My first gig was actually December '75. We've been playing a couple of years then. Right. And we've got a band, a guy called, um, he's actually on, on Facebook as Gog Stage Line. His name's Robin Montia. And, and he sort of, he was a bit older than us. And he comes and he gives a bit of direction. We've got an original band doing his his tunes, which we all, you know, sort of added bits and pieces in. Yeah. 
and uh, it was all stuff. Uh, he wrote all his stuff. It was a kind of a prog rock thing, really, because we, we we come from prog. We was into early Genesis. Yeah, the Peter Gabriel stuff. And Dream. Yeah, that's it. Uh, you know, when Peter Gabriel was with, with like the early yeah, Genesis. Yeah, the early stuff. stuff yeah. Of, of, uh, um, Gentle Giant with Pink Floyd, of course. Some odd obviously, like Barclay James Harvest, Camel. We was all into oh. them sort of things. So we we would do make our own stuff up, primarily from Robin, like the stuff that's Robin um, wrote, and mm. we had bits and pieces in, um, and so then we we would do that. But we we do like the classic rock, as well. We'd be doing stuff stuff by um, um, Keith Hartley band, uh, Nuts with the Z. All oh, right, yeah. yeah we do. Uh, we had a couple of their tracks. Um, just music, just. Yeah, bad company, free, to, you know, yeah. all, all the stuff, the classic stuff that was about about then. I learned very early on uh, when we did we did down down, and I, I used to like retune the guitar, love and that. capo on it, I love that, and we used to play that yeah, one. So I'd take an extra yeah. guitar, I'd have two guitars for us to do that one. Yeah, and that was fairly early on. That, that was sort of, you know. It still the, fascinates me how many musicians I see live who only have one guitar and don't have a spare, and the amount of times that I've stood in the audience if I've been. And watching a guy de-tune a guitarist instead of having one that's already done. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly that, yeah. I, I can never understand it. No. I could, I've never been... Even from when I was very young, my first band, have a spare guitar. Don't stand there and tune it or no. stand there and change a string while you're playing. What's that? Especially with, the, with the, um, the the tremolo system guitars. I mean, like the, the gems are, are fantastic. I, I love the Ibanez gem. They do yeah. all I want. I, I, I don't want to handle it. Like yes, that's it. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. I've got three of those. I've, I've got the, the 7V. I've got the 20th anniversary. The 7V was a 40th birthday present from Sarah. Right. The uh, the 20th anniversary was the uh, 50th birthday. You love your guitars, don't you? I do. Uh, but the, the, the 20V got too heavy to cover, cover, you know, carry about all the time and, and to gig with. So um, I bought the Blue Floral. I had uh, Glenn Newton. Right. Fantastic Luthier. I got him to sort the, the 7V because I'd had 17 years. So I'm right. for it. Um, and, and I sort of swear by the Ibanez Gems. Fantastic. I do all sorts of stuff. Gary Moore, Satriani. Yes, yeah, so you, you, you're known as the one-man jukebox, in as much as you basically play it. Because I love all style. Because I love all that's stuff. right. Yeah, you, I you're love doing it. I do stuff. I even do things like Howard Jones' new song, and I, mm. I, I use it. I sort of try to get try to get the keyboard bits. Yeah. Things like when I, um, I've done things like um, Ships of the Night, Bebop Deluxe. I don't play keyboard, so I just try and emulate the keyboard sound. Yeah. And with the you know with the I've got. I use Roland GP hundreds and stuff like that, but I, I also linked in a little Zoom ninety thirty as well, and I've, I've got it to pan. I've got one thing to do the panning and the chorus. The other thing to do the phaser. You're unbelievable okay. with the, the technology. You're able to. Yeah, but I, I can't use a computer. Yeah. I'm very. You know, I'm trying to record <laughs> using a computer. I'm absolutely useless at. Uh, on the early recordings, when I've done early backing tracks before I could buy them, um, I used to sit there and tap it out. On an SR16 drum machine, and, yeah. and it's very hard to, to tap them things in time. So yeah, I'm sure. a few of, when I use a few of my old tracks, I think, oh, that's that's not right. That's a little bit. But um, just it just comes to me that "Break the Rules" by Status Quo was one of the tracks you. That's right. Yeah, but you made, yeah. is that right? You, but yeah. I remember you, you put a thing on Facebook. You said there's a track I created myself, and you were yeah. playing, and you were playing along with it. Yeah. So I'm following your career crap, closely, but anybody who's on Facebook who knows you can't. Get away from you! You're on, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, you're on all the time with a new guitar, or a new style, or a new song, or or you're advertising your shows, which is great. That's what it's for. Yeah, so, so that, that's why anybody that that talks about you knows you. So we're talking about first show, 1975. Yeah, 
and then where do you go from there? You got a few years. Then just... I, yeah, then what happened was uh, that that particular band evolved. We we got Len because as we got older, Len became involved, and then we got a guy called Mark Robinson on keyboard. So we become a six piece. Right. I was going out and doing some like great stuff, and then you know, and uh, and then I, I got involved with a band called Strawberry Hill in about 77, 78 and that was six, seven gigs a week because you could do two on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah, it was a big, you know, big market was, for it. And then. I did that, and I, I, I did something like 21 years on the trot, not just with Strawberry Hill, but with other bands then. 21 years on the trot, I did every New Year's Eve, every Christmas Eve. Yeah. I'd done some boxing days in the afternoon, I'd done some Christmas day in the afternoon gigs. Mm. But certainly every every Xmas Eve and, and New Year's Eve, I, I played for 21 years on the trot. That's great. That's Got with Sarah and, and eased up a bit. Yeah, because we're both. You know, both well, things things. change. I think responsibilities change. Your life's changing. Is music better as a hobby or as a job? Uh, a, a bit of both, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's certainly saved me bacon on on, on a few. It's a great feeling to be able to say you do it for a living, but then it brings a pressure of its own when you first do it. Yeah, that's because right. Because yeah. every gig's important. You've got to make sure they want you back, and you've got to. And I think you just stop worrying about it, don't you? In the end, you get to a point where it's it's not bravado, but it's like, well, I know my set works. If you don't want me back, it's your problem. Yeah, that's you know what I mean. Yeah, that's because we play so many shows here and everywhere, everywhere, and and um, so twenty one years on the trot, Christmas Eves. But then back then, I mean, I always feel I came into it at the point where that started to dry up. Yeah, because I mean, I talked to Ken about it, Ken Golden, and he talks about he used to do the Air Force bases, and yes, you would have done the Air Force yeah, bases, yeah, I've the done American the... Air Force bases, and some of those. Yeah, I've done that. I've done. Um, Couple of med tours. We we did Turkey, Greece, Spain. Yeah. We did the Azores. We did Crete. We did Sicily. I spent two months on Sicily. Brilliant. Um, that that was. By the time I came along, it was they didn't have the afternoon stuff. I think I did a couple of afternoons at East End Working Men's Club, which you would have definitely. I've played. done that big silver Down building. There. Big silver building right near the uh, Berlin yeah, Ground. That's it. Yeah, yeah, and and you and I played at a similar venue, Venge. Obviously, you, you would remember that. Funny you mentioned the Winston because that's uh, played. Well, that well the Winston. I've I've actually got a cassette, which I'd like to get. I'd actually like to get on onto um, CD or something. But I've got a cassette of our gig at Winston. With me, Eddie, Mark Robinson, Len Smith. Right. Um, it was say late, mid late Eddie. He, he passed away in two thousand and one. Meningitis, which was you know, gutted. That's a, yeah, a bit sudden. But I imagine. I, I do try to you know honour him. I always mention his birthday and stuff mm. like that. And I've actually got the the Heyman that once his once his daughter stops going out and partying, <laughs> she's <laughs> the once she settles down and that, yeah. I'll I'll give her the the Heyman guitar probably so. Yeah, it's obviously a sentimental value. This is a thing about guitars. Guitar. That was his second guitar. Yeah, yeah. we both we both bought um, an Avon. I had an Avon Les Paul copy. Right. And he had an Avon EB3. Now they were sixty quid each at the time. That was going to seventy three, seventy four. Yeah, so not weren't cheap. No, back no. then it weren't cheap. And and uh, Did you save the money. Save the money yourself. Little jobs here and well, there. Well, it was or? what it was. It was my aunt had a catalogue. Oh right! It was it was something like a Kays or a Grattan or one of those. What what were about the Little Woods maybe, and we both got one and we just paid something like one pound ninety a week or whatever something right, like that just to get the guitar. Yeah. but you got the guitar first before you yeah. paid the money. Off, That's it. Yeah, yeah. So you could get it and then just you, you had the guitar. I think like a bit like credit cards today. Yeah. You get stuff and then you. But back then it was catalogue. I, I remember the catalogue. Yeah, that's it. So yeah. we both had a guitar. a guitar. I've got a guitar somewhere. It was a Cage catalogue, an early uh, that my dad had, and it was the same. You have the guitar and paint it off at like one twenty a week yeah. or something. So fascinated by guitars and how they work. 
Are you able to literally take one apart and put it back together again? Or Not completely. I do. I do my own little repairs in. You know, I've put switches in and um, you know volume controls that sort of stuff. And yeah. Sort of had a, had a bit of a wire and um, you know I mean Glenn Glenn knew some of the tests when he took my Ibanez gem apart a while back. It weren't good. Really? <laughs> yeah. I'm <laughs> terrible. Yeah. I've got over a friend of mine. That but I've, you know I've amps. I've fixed amps. I've put sockets in my GP hundreds and stuff like that before now. But. I, to be honest with you, there's people that do it so well. Yes, there are. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for the for the sake of sixty quid or whatever, it's not worth. It's not, not worth, worth making it worse. Make it worse. Yeah. Yeah. We can we can dabble a bit. So you got Strawberry Hills. Strawberry Hills. Strawberry Hills. Strawberry yeah. Hill. That was yeah. a band. Tell me about the Pinkies. The Pinkies. Well, what happened was um, Bob Hector, who was bass player in Strawberry Hill, got in the Pinkies. Right. And um, he he you know he, <laughs> the silly bugger he he left. Uh, about a week before they ended up on top of the pops with Danger Games and Neville yeah. Kidia took over. But what happened was for, for a while, um, Max Wright, she was, was quite busy, very busy doing jingles and various, you know, sort of soundtracks for porn films, I think, as well. That's really, <laughs> fair enough. I think, probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, we've all got to make a living. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, he, he, um, he, was, he was getting really busy and it, it looked like he was going to have to sort of miss some stuff. So, um, Bob volunteered me. He said, "Oh, what about Terry? You know, Terry better do it. You know, he can, he's, he's sort of versatile, plays different styles and that." Mm. So, and it was looking like, and so I, I've actually got, the, I've still got the C sixty tape with the pinkies, right? And I, I was starting to learn it, but it, it didn't happen in the end. But you know, Max sort of carried on, and uh, yeah. But um, well, you had Andy. Uh, trying to think the name now. Um, Paul. A Andy Price. Paul, Paul Egham. Yeah, Andy um, Price. Paul Reynolds. Paul Reynolds. Um, and, uh, and so Max Reinch was the lead guitarist fantastic player I just love watching him he's just so cool is it a job you'd have really fancied I quite like it because I did like their stuff yeah, yeah. I, I quite like their stuff power pop or something. Yeah, it was that's a genre. very melodic tracks. Like, I love they, it. Yeah. I, I absolutely love it. Is it I, I was talking to John Summerton about this. Hi, John. Um, about the the fact that these were the musicians that, as a kid that I used to be more fascinated by, even now. Because obviously we had Alison and we had Vince and, and Erasure and Yazoo and all these. Yeah. Guys. But the ones that fascinated me were people like the Pinkies, Marlowe, Rob. I don't yeah, know if you Rob know. Rob, yeah, yeah, Rob Allen, yeah. Rob Marlowe. Um, and the local musicians who were accessible. And they weren't on top of the pops. Phil Burdett, everyone yeah, knows Phil. Yeah, I know Phil. You know, they had music out. And funnily enough, Phil Burdett, his, um, his niece was was the other bridesmaid. Oh, right. <laughs> so I've got Lindsay one side with, with uh, you. And uh, Danielle and, and Phil Burdett's niece. So oh, there's nothing to do with music. I'd love to say it was because I was really well known in the business, but really, I just happened to have these pictures Crazy. of the bridesmaids. But um, these were the musicians, Phil Burdett. I remember the Pinkies played a show in the town centre. I was at school. That's right. That's on YouTube. Yeah. And um, recently, I, I somebody made me aware of it because they said, oh, your mum's on it. So I had a look, and it's not my mum, but my nan and granddad are on it. And I, I looked, I watched it, and I thought, Absolutely brilliant stuff. Lovely stuff, yeah. Really great music. So I started going on YouTube and started going on things. And they they went on Pebble Mill and did stuff like that. That's it. Like that. So it was a near miss for you, if you like. It's a job you would have fancied. Yeah, I, kind of, yeah. 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 I've, 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 the, the, the mad thing is, is that really... Um, I've always uh, been around doing gigs. I've always gone and done... You know, I'm, I do sort of... Even now, I do sort of 120 gigs a year. But I've always, back then it was sort of 150, 160, yeah. sometimes 180 gigs a year. I've always done loads of work, I've always been busy doing it, but I've never really done done the, you know, got that 
jump up. Yeah. Either I don't know. Maybe like, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they people not really into the, what I do or whatever. I don't know. Or, I was always a chubby lad and never looked never looked the part. Mm. I was married with kids. Yeah, I, was, I could I could come up with a million of my excuses. I, I I don't know. It just never it never really happened. But I'm, I'm happy enough. Well, I, I, I love doing what I do. This so is a grassroots thing. This is I didn't you know, do it for the fame and fortune. No. Fortune would have been nice, a few quid, but definitely. I, I didn't really do it for the fame because I like my own bed at night and and uh, you know I, I'm sort of a creature. I'm a creature of home comforts, mm. really. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I like, don't even like camping. No. <laughs> <laughs> why, pay, why pay a fortune to go yeah. and live like, live like a homeless person? Like, yeah, I don't understand. Go. I don't. No. I've got to say, I don't understand that myself. No, but um, no. I mean, that, that's the thing. But when I when I say that you're you're known as the constant, and that is basically that everybody in the business at, at our level knows you, and it might be that you've worked in bands with them, or you've just played shows with them, or that you are you you epitomise grassroots for me. You're the guy who's loading up your full galaxy at the weekend with your gear and going off and playing and, and putting the word out there to so many people. Oh yeah, yeah, I do, uh, I do I text grassroots level. I do try to get people out and, and get in there. Don't always work. You know, I normally turn up with gigs like Nobby No mates and you know do <laughs> go and do a gig with five people. Do you find it but lonely? I still play. If if, if if there's five people, five hundred people, yeah. I still play. We do, you know, we do because I enjoy it. I enjoy the playing. Yeah. And I think all right, I'm getting I'm getting a few quid for doing what I really enjoy. That's right. Know? We we do it anyway. I used to chuck Caligas bottles about, you know, for for less money. I, and I used to be back breaking and awful and freezing cold, whatever. And I think, well, at least I'm in the warm and yeah. Plus, you get what we what we call a paid rehearsal. I'm not going to name names or venues, but this is your place you play with nobody in. So yeah. you try a few bits. Yeah. You just try and see how that sounds because you never you never quite know how it's going to work. So you take it live. No, because that that's the thing with with. Um, that's your iPad tell me a bit because I, I I now I now get backing tracks off of, off of places and you know of, of karaoke versions. Karaoke versions is a yeah. great one. I'll get the the, the I'll leave the, the main vocal and the main guitar out. Then you've got the bass, the drums, and you've got everything. everything yeah, there that's and right. Because I mean, I I used to I used to spend ages putting vo backing vocals on as well with backing yeah. vocals. When I used to do it, used to take me ages to do tracks. Um, but that's helped. But the other thing that I can do now is that. Um, I can do a song off the cuff pretty much nowadays um, because you can embed the lyrics. So as the backing tracks come up on the iPad, right, I can have the lyrics there discreetly to the side. Right, so you can do it. Yeah, so if someone asks for a track, I might not have played it before, but I've got a rough idea it yeah. goes. I've got a bit of a saveloid, nuts and bolts and things. And, and so I'll just do it. I'll just do stuff. I've done things like Forever Autumn recently. I've done oh, some tracks. Yeah. <coughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. I, did, I did it Sunday because... Um, the, the little the little girl, I was playing in Harlow on on Sunday afternoon, and it was just recently that little girl got um, uh, taken away. She was on that bouncy castle. Yes, awful oh, dreadful. Yeah, and, that was uh, dreadful. and I was in Harlow, and I did Forever Autumn because the lyrics and stuff, you know, mid brilliant. That. Yeah, and I did it as a little tribute to her. Yeah, you know, I didn't know whether anybody there knew the little. Doesn't girl, matter. But I just you... thought Harlow Town. Yeah. So I've done Forever Autumn. Yeah. I, I love the track. We've been to see War of the Wells twice. We went to see the stage show um, a couple of months ago. I weren't so keen on the stage show because the, the music stands for itself. I think didn't need that, some yeah. dancing. Of people, no, I you know. think the music's strong enough. Yeah, it's almost like... Um, well, I was talking to John about this, uh, and, and you'll know exactly what this means, and I've, I've decided <coughs> it's going to be a question that I ask everybody, and that is, how many times are you surprised by the fact that you know a song you didn't even know you, that you knew? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because we move in these circles, we play, and, and I do a bit of teaching and, and uh, whatever, you know, read my CV. But 
you suddenly someone will say, do you know this? And you go, I don't think I know it. And then you take a few minutes and you go, do you know what, I do know it, and I don't know why I know it. Yeah, that's funny. You know, like, funny like that with Forever Autumn. Yeah. You know, you suddenly, you suddenly realise that you know it, and you, and you think, where'd that come from? Yeah, exactly, Because yeah. you would have done jam nights, and you'd have done, yeah. you know, the Bowers one on a Monday, or, or there's one See, in... Yeah, jam and depping, but I used, to, I used to do a lot of depping. Nobody asked me that, because I'm always too blooming busy. I used yeah. To, um, but I used, I used to do a lot of depping, and... Because of the old ways to play along with vinyl, I was able to play along with a band that way, so I could hear more or less where they go. You know, you know, you know when it's, the solos get yeah, coming in or yeah. whatever, and or you know, and or whatever. And I, and I always, um, you know, I was always able to step in and, and do a, a pretty good job. Yeah. Well, there's there's chemistry within a band, isn't there? Yeah. You know, you're being a band yourself, and then someone will nod, and everybody in the band knows what it means. Yeah. But there's a different chemistry when you become so proficient at your profession at your profession that you're able to mix with any band and know what the signals are yeah and, and tap much, straight yeah. into what they're doing and tap straight into what they're you know what they're aiming for yeah when they nod at you and you go into a solo and you don't know why but you no. just that's what it meant it all, all comes down as well going back from when when i'm learning i'm, lear I'm learning this i used to sit and learn obviously i've done the, the, the cold thing where you know i just look learn the, the 500 cold book through them worked out what notes yeah so i know what notes make up you know, a, a chord, yeah, and stuff like that. I don't read music, but no. I, I've done that. Um, and then it progressed to the scales. I learned all the scales. You know, your, your major, yeah. iron, whatever, your minor scale, your minors, but the Malmsteen sort of thing where he uses the harmonic minors and stuff yes. like that. And over he becomes Frisian, Spanish Frisians, and that sort of thing. <laughs> I gradually learned all them, the diminished scales, and I gradually learned the scales. And and then you sort you you playing it all over the neck. So that when you're listening to something and you learn a song. Hmm. And then you can hear a similarity. You think actually that chord progression yeah. sounds very similar to that song that I've already played. Yeah. And yeah. so it becomes it, it gradually you, you hear if you've done it enough times. You know the song before you've played it, and you know much. the solo before you've played it. Yeah. And uh, and if I work with guitar players, and you obviously uh, a solid um, lead guitar player yourself, how I always think about lead guitar as being a bit like a snooker player. It's like we 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 watch the snooker we watch the snooker and we sort of go. I was going to pop that red, but he yeah. has already played the next three shots. And it's funny how, as a lead guitar player, you're kind of two bars ahead in where you're going, and you're playing the solo in your head like two bars before yeah, you play it. Strange, isn't it? Yeah. And you suddenly sort of find yourself doing it. But have you got any favourite solos? Because I know you're a fan of Morse, uh, Steve Morse. I like Steve Morse. Big fan of Morse. Uh, he does a track called um, Sometimes It Makes Me, or oh, Sometimes When I'm Screaming or something, right? Uh, I'll something like up. that yeah it's a track something about screaming I can't remember that. It, it, it's gone for a minute um, and the other track I like is Time one of my favourite tracks is Time by Pink Floyd, Pink Floyd and, and I learnt I learnt yeah. that when I was very very young and uh, and it's just sort of the, the song such a cracking song I, I do it now I, do I was time. saying I bet you still do it now I've done Time Brief Reprise and Comfortably Numb as a little yeah. medley for, for, well, when Glenn was with for about 20 odd years. Now. Yeah, he's still doing and it still now. Do it. And then they done it at Live 8 in 2005. Yeah. They, they must have seen me down the blur. Yeah. Something. <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> is that like, one of your favourite solos, comfortably numb? Yeah. Uh, not so much time's a great no, actually, time. Time, time's, time, I prefer the time solo. I like, I like comfortably numb, but I prefer time. Coming back to life is another great Yeah, toy. brilliant. From um, uh, the Division Bell. That's album. it. Yeah, yeah. Because I do that song occasionally now as well yeah but um bill nelson i'm a big fan of bill nelson and uh, he does a track called crying to the sky right 
and he does two solos on it and both are fantastic but the second one he does his solo on, on Quiet the Sky and it's very slow moving it's, he just moves through the court and it, it's just a beautiful solo it's one of the things that, we're, that Ken and I often talk about and I often discuss with other musicians a lot is how you get a solo like Completely Numb or Time or something like that it's it's not it's not disrespectful to say that anybody can play it, but it's how it's played. Yeah, it's, it's the true. way it's played. It's not feeling. You know, if if you see it tabbed out, you sort of go, "There's nothing to it," but you can't get that. It's all in the fingers. It's isn't the it? emotion. Yeah. I when we do time, if I do time, even like with a band or whatever, if you've ever done it with a band, whenever I've played that solo, mm. I'm about a hair's breadth close and bursting into tears. Exactly. When exactly. I do when I do time, I'm like. Is it because it takes like you straight back somewhere, or is it just... It does. The, it yeah. takes me back to my best mate, Ed, and stuff yeah. like that. We went to the Curzel. We, we went to see Camel at the Curzel. What, one of the songs... One of the, I always liked the song, but what really turned me on to it, in a live situation, there was actually a covers band um, supporting Camel. must have been about 1976. At the Curzel. Right. Um, and they were... Brilliant. That was a brilliant. And they, they did they did Highway Star, which I love. Yeah, yeah. And, but they did Time. And this guy, he, he absolutely nailed the solo on it. And that, I was like, ah, yeah. you know, sort of, sort of in bits. And it takes me back mm. to those times. The time know? machine. We go, we, yeah. It really is. We, we, used to, uh, we used to go to Curzel quite a lot. Me, Eddie, perhaps my brother, a few others. And we used to go and watch bands. I see Judas Priest on the Sad Wings of Destiny tour. Right. That's another, uh, the Sad Wings of Destiny album. Um, there's the victim of changes. There's two solos on that. They both do. So right. I, I love them both because Ken is, you know, the wild man with the whammy bar and all this. Yeah, thing. that's fantastic. Glenn Tipton's more, you know. Yeah, it's is it KK? The, the KK Downing. Yeah, he's packed up now. They've got another another chap. He's so heard. Yeah. Yeah, they've got Richie Faulkner now. Um, I think he's I think he's from Harlow because he was in a Thin Lizzy tribute. Right. And uh, he, he's. He's a damn fine player, but he's very much like KK. He's very much Similar like style. To look at him and that, yeah. Um, say Bill Nelson, Zell Clemenson, you know, a lot of solos he done. Fantastic, sensational example. What is it about him? Just the tone, just yeah, the feeling, the tone, just the emotion. feel, the, the choice of notes. Um, Michael Schenker is one of my favourites. He does a, yeah. oh, yeah. he does a, a, a um, he does tracks, uh, uh, what's the name of the song? Uh, again, the, the name escapes me. <laughs> That's a song I know very well. You'll have to put it on Facebook later on. Yeah, High Flyer. High Flyer. High Flyer off the Fawcett album. That Fawcett album, brilliant. Yeah. But it, it's it's people like Schenker, uh, you know, it's it's Zell Clemson, Bill Nelson, Schenker, Bill Nelson, Zell Clemson. Mm. Not so much, not the, the, the obvious players, but I mean, people like the obvious players. You know, it was always Clapton, Hendrix, yeah. Jimmy Page. Yeah. They really didn't do as much as you know, great player. Great they didn't really do as much. I preferred I preferred Richie Blackmore, Jeff Beck. Yeah. So back then it was it was but mainly it was Bill Nelson, um, uh, so say Michael Shankar. I think Richie Clemson. Blackmore, Jeff Beck, just just to, just to pick two names out of the air. They're not obvious. They don't no, play not. around an obvious scale. They don't play around. If you listen to a solo like Highway Star, where there's those harmonic bits in it, they're not exact harmonies, are they? No, they're, they're not just... exactly. They're not Iron Maiden, Thin no. Lizzy style harmonies. They're like, no. what's that about? Yeah. And that constant gallop that he's got going, yeah. going right the way through it. And then he'll come up with something like Smoke on the Water, which obviously everybody's played and everybody's yeah. driven, you know, uh, music shops mad playing. Oh, God, yeah. But then, 
you know, the Beethoven thing. Da, da, that da, da, Deep Purple track, it's called Sometimes I Feel Like Screaming. Sometimes I Feel Like Moss. So here's a big question and for And when you. a blind man cries, he does quite Oh, I love that. Perihelion. I love that. DVD. Yeah, I love the song anyway. Yeah. Didn't quite make the album, but they, they put it on there in the end, didn't they? I think they did, yeah. Yeah, on the, on the Perihelion DVD, right, that's that's the that's the DVD to, to watch for Steve Morse. He's, he's like incredible. a great guitar player. So Steve Morse or Richie Blackmore, if you had to choose one? Um, I, I actually will put Cat Monster Pigeons here because I, I actually prefer I Steve Morse. <laughs> yeah. I like yeah, Richie Blackmore. He was yeah. there, wasn't he? It's, you know, it's his baby and everything. Yeah. But I, I love Steve because I, lo I love the way he's jolly with it. You know, he, he's... He loves his job. I like that. F I like that about guitar players that make it look easy and have a lot. Um, Kenny Petrie's a local lad, and he's you know another lovely local player. Yeah, you know you watch him and he's having a laugh. Mm. You've got to have a laugh with it, and, and that, that, that's what I like. I like being human. I think that pretty much sums you up, though, in as much as you you you're so passionate about what you do, but you don't take yourself too seriously. Well, no. I mean, obviously the music is serious, and you do it, and you do it obviously the best you can every single time. But as a bloke and as a accessible sort of guy after the show, you're nothing. There's nothing serious not about you. Do you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not. I'm not sort of rock star material. Perhaps that's what, that was bid me down for because I'm just too much of a, a jolly sod about. I mean, even muck about and and some some I was doing. Fun enough, smoke smoke in the water uh, a couple of years back, and this okay, you know they, you know you get the, these people in the audience come up to you and oh can you do this and the other. Oh, one yeah, person come up and asked me for Whitney Houston. Yeah, thanks for that. Well, so I've just handed them the glasses. Yeah. And gone. Yeah, I've put them on. Have a good look at me. <laughs> Yeah. That, that, you know, that, that's a bit of, that's the humour that, that got a laugh I like to get a laugh as well yeah but she also came up and asked me for um, can do you do any Michael Jackson right so I incorporated a, a little bit of um, Billy Jean in Smoking the Water so as, as it, it worked because it's going ba, 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 on the fly ba, 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 da, yeah. literally on the fly yeah throw it in there I just stuck it in there yeah and then the cusp it, it, it sort of people have a, have a bit of a you know you can people that cop it yeah they clock you doing that they, they, have, they have a bit of a laugh I, the, I, I love doing that what's part. the strangest request you've ever had musically well probably probably, um, that. probably Whitney yeah probably Whitney Houston <laughs> the guy you know and, and that's that's happened that, that very self same thing's happened to me twice yeah strange isn't it we did a gig in Custom House with um, Free Spirit with Gary from the Beagles yeah. on, on drums and, and a guy called um, it was Glenn wasn't with us then we had a guy called John Arnold on bass. Oh, we went to Custom House, gigging Custom House, and uh, when we got there, the usual place was being refurbished. So they said, no, no, you're upstairs. Well, we moved up three or four flights of stairs, oh. and they was at old Victorian buildings. And then all the way along this long hallway, and then the stage was sort of up to my forehead, sideways, so we don't get the gear up. Oh, so we was Christ. knackered before, no extra money. No. And then we played the, played the first set, and then when I got down, there was a woman sitting at the table, and she's going, do you do any Whitney Houston? <laughs> and her husband just cracked up. He looked at me and you stupid cow. He said, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that was sort of a bit, bit of a funny old... Funny I had a old bloke thing. asked me for old Shep once. He, I, I was playing at East End. Yeah. Do you do old Shep? So I said, uh, sorry, mate, I don't. And I went, no. He said, all right, what about honey? Do you do honey? I said, what do you mean? He said, you know, see the tree how big it's grown. I went, it's yeah. your dog died. So you don't mind me asking, is your dog died? So he went, no. No, I said, I just I just love those songs, Old Shep and Honey. I said, I'm yeah. really sorry, mate, I don't do it. And he went, 
Okay, mate, just anything by motor head. Walked off. <laughs> well, how diverse <laughs> do you want to get? <laughs> I went, what, so you gone from a dead dog to Ace of Spades? Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. So you're, let's have a little chat about, if we had to say, you've got 10 albums to put on your iPod. Where would you start? Sunburst Finish, Baybot Deluxe. Sad Wings of Destiny. you thought about this, haven't you? Judas Priest. I have. You've been asked it before. False it, UFO. Right. Um, I'd have Dark Side of the Moon, of course. Yep. Um, let me think now, let me think. There's a band that I really, really like, that nobody's ever heard of them, The Outfield. Right. And there's an album called Voices of Babylon. Okay. That's fantastic. I'll have a look. I'd have Michael Schenker Group, Assault Attack. Because, again, Michael Schenker, I love Michael great Schenker. Guitar, but yeah, great. Um, I'd probably have next Alex Harvey band. Um, I'm not too sure about it. Oh, there's so many others there that I've done. No, it's, it's not an easy question. I'll have a little think about it. I'm not sure how many I've done there. Probably about six. I, I think, think there's about, I think there's seven there. I think yeah. there's seven. Um, let me we'll come back to it. We'll yeah, come back, come to, back to that. Yeah, so at the moment, you're practice. you're still doing I'm happy with those. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're still doing your solo stuff. Yeah. And you're still out sort of th- three or four nights a week. Most of the time, you, you 120 shows, 150 shows. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. you, you you're just constantly out there working. Oh out. yeah, I, I love it. I but you love what you do, don't you? That's, yeah, because that's, that's what it is. I, I don't want to watch The Voice or anything like that. No, that's the good thing about working Saturday nights, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You miss it. And, and I, I love Lid. I love Lydia Lucy and, and Jordan Gray are on there. You know, they're, they're sort of uh, sort of become friends with them over the years on on Facebook and stuff. But yeah, it, it's not that sort of stuff. Isn't isn't for me really? But you know, right. I'm, so you're out every weekend. Tell me about fake eighties. That's with your wife. Yeah, Sarah. Yeah, that that was. A How f- did that come about? Well, it came about. My my wife has been around bands for for years, like watching bands since she was about eighteen, and she used to go and watch the original Beggar, right? And um, going back many yeah, years yeah. with with Patrick and on and there and Peter Taylor on guitar, and Peter Peter Gale, the late great Peter Gale, what a fantastic player he was. Um, and she used to go and watch them quite a lot with with friends. So she's been around bands. She's going to watch Hedgehog, and then we we got together. 20 years ago probably this October something like that we, we met and um, well we got together and she's always you know she's always sort of kind of supported us there and and uh, she's come to watch us um, but she's all, often in the last few years she started getting up we'd go on holiday she'd get up on karaoke and stuff like that and have a little mm. go and it was always like you know the pub singer sort of thing like you know she'd, be, she'd do a big spender and stuff and have yeah, she'd often fun. laugh um, and then I, I, uh, I this, this is a, a funny one. I actually got a, a girl singer in a couple of years back, and uh, I was gonna because Mustn't Rumble was was, uh, it was it was sort of becoming a bit of hard work for me with, with, the, with the guy I was working with, mm. and, uh, and I thought I'd get a girl singer in. I'd go in a different direction because no one's gonna compare. He's a great singer, good frontman and stuff. Yeah. I, just, I just got I was getting a bit you know tired of it. We've done thirteen years. So I've got a girl singer, and went, my missus just couldn't handle the fact of me working with someone. She said, I can do it, I want to do it, you know, I, mm. I'd love to do it. And I was like, yeah, but, you know, it'd be funny, I've been doing this for a long while, and yeah. to have somebody new to it, to the game, yeah. it's going to be very, very difficult. But, anyway, so what happened was, she had a few lessons with Lynn Austin Dutton, who's a fantastic vocal coach. Right. And within weeks, it was within weeks she had her singing far, far better. Like such a vast improvement mm. within weeks. Uh, and the other fact is that because my wife's a bit of a gym bunny, or she was a bit of a gym bunny, marathon and such, she's built up a good core strength. 
Right. So, so all these exercises that Lynn was giving her, yeah, she was able to do them just so easy. Yeah. And she was, you know, so she got a breathing right within within weeks because she's got the capacity in her lungs to do. To I suppose also it's a rhythm thing. If you if you do a lot of running or a lot of gym work, the breathing is part of the. Yeah, because you listen to stuff rhythm, and rhythm. Yeah. So. So in a very short space of time, anyway. So I, I bought her a radio mic and stuff, and and that was that. The girl singer had gone, Kathy Bishop, great singer. Um, but you know, Kathy understood that I couldn't. I just it was it was <laughs> it was making things difficult. It's, yeah. it's, it's it was a funny thing. She, she knew she'd be illogical. I'm being really logical, but I, you know, I wanted to do that, and mm. it sort of it, it got a. Well, it's worked out alright. Yeah, and but it's worked out alright because she's yeah she's 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 doing well. She's tackling these things. You know, we, we're doing duets and things like we built this city on rock and roll and mm. she does and she does like the Cindy Lauper and she does them all spot on you know I was like I was just so shocked it's funny isn't it yeah but we I suppose if she's always been around music you yeah. tap into what's but we, we went into um, a little little place over near us and I went in there I took 15 songs on backing track and uh, I said, right, you know, just make a break. You know, you, you either do this or you don't. I said, because I don't want to muck about. I, no, you know, no. I, I book, and I'm serious when I'm booking. I'm, I'm a, I sod around, but my bookings, is, I, yeah, I don't absolutely. let people down. And no. I, I don't want it to it just go, oh, I can't be bothered there. No. So I said, you know, you, you either do it or you don't. So I took 15 songs in backing tracks, and um, I came out with seven or eight in the very first instant. Mm. Like, she'd sung straight, straight off. Great. And then we did we did a few more little rehearsals. I think we've probably done about eight rehearsals. By then she got about forty songs. Yeah, brilliant. So all day long. Yeah. And combined with the obvious stuff that you do anyway. Was yeah, because like I, I do an, I do an eighties set myself. I've got enough tracks to do an eighties night myself. I yeah. Like Nick Kershaw, um, Elton John, Howard Jones, Thompson Twins, Fiction Factory. All yeah, that sort yeah. Of, all that sort of eighties stuff. Um, Tom Petty, I do Don Henley, you know, just just sort of that. They're just songs, Terry, aren't they? Yeah. They just come round and then the, uh, I often think of them as being on a conveyor belt that you play them for a few months and then you, for some reason, they just get pushed back. Yeah, that's and it. And then you, you play a show somewhere where there's not many in. And, and you, you go oh, through your discs. Yeah, yeah, I've got a couple of other Nick Kershaw numbers that I, I need to bring back out. Oh, I think. Like, like, Wouldn't it be good and Wide Boy as well? Yeah. I used to do, and they? they're great. Yeah, we do. I think we started doing a riddle, but it wasn't as popular not a lot of people knew the riddle no that's that's why I chose I wanted the sun going down on me yeah because it's obvious because everyone yeah and it's, it's I want we wanted with, with the fake ages the idea there's, there's so many 80 songs you can do but yeah we wanted a certain thing we wanted to be more party that's exactly right you can't get self-indulgent no yeah. so wouldn't it be good isn't really party but I want the sun go down on me people would bop along and yeah sing, great. And they'll, they'll sing to that one yeah it's key but you keep yourself busy do you hate rehearsals yeah yeah, with passion. That's that's yeah. the, that's why. The, Is that why you were, you were reluctant to? Because you knew it was a lot of work to bring somebody new in. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, because I, I I don't I don't yeah, rehearse. I, 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 I rehearse. We we mustn't grumble. We we used to clash over it because, you know, I'd say to him, well, it's not like a, with a band. Obviously, you've got to sort your stops and starts out. Yeah. With, with the backing tracks, you're both working off the same page. You, you know, can you rehearse in your stop, car. Stop, you can rehearse in your car. Yeah. And I used to say to to, to the the, the old Paul, look, yeah, you know, if you learn it. At home, there's absolutely no reason why we can't just do that on a gig, mm. and um, and I think people like Issa Jara even do stuff like that. You know, I think they'll, they'll go and do a song and they'll, they'll learn it home and, and they'll go and do it, and that's with a band, you know, stops and starts. And well, we we did it. I mean, the Oasis tribute that I work in, we just chose two shows. We said, right, Oasis at GMAX '97 and, and Nebworth '96. Learn your part from that. 
And then when you come together as a band in sound check it, you know, wherever, play it through. Yeah. And then say, oh, it sounds all right. As long as you know that you're playing what you're supposed to bloody play. Yeah, exactly. Why, where's the problem? Yeah, so that, but that's, that's why I, I that, was, that was one of the issues I had with Mustn't Rumble because, you know, we, 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 wouldn't, we weren't sort of learning some, and, and, and towards the end of it anyway, it, 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 was, it was just getting hard because it was, you know, it, it weren't, weren't going. You think you just get stale after us? Well, I wanted it to be a bit more versatile than, than what we than what we became because right. it, was, it was really all about what the other chap could do and mm. um, you know if, if someone come up and asked for something that I particularly did well you know, oh no 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 that one we would be able to take back I, I wanted to be it was it was two of us yeah you like to be freer with it I wanted to be freer yeah people I, I like I like to do things like a live jukebox so yeah. say you know, people call out uh, uh, most people work to a set yes they have a set list and that's what they'll do and they they will very rarely deviate. I nah. I don't do that because you go to it there and you think, Oh, I've got this set mm. but really they'd like to hear that about you know, Yeah. You, you, you can yeah. age people It's funny how you can I've done I've gig for forty years and, yeah. and I, I can, you know, you can go and say I mean I I'm stuffed if they want the modern stuff because I don't really do modern no. stuff. How many times do you have it when you do a wedding or you do a party and they say, Can we have a look at your set list and we'll choose the songs for you? <laughs> you say like, hang on a minute. Just let me do my yeah, top. Yeah. You know, if I walk in and all the songs you've chosen get played, then that's great. You know, fair enough if you want a first dance or you want Well, I always do, yeah, I always say like with the first you know. dance and stuff, anything in particular. And if it's something, I mean, you know, I, I did, a, did a wedding a while back for some old old friends actually. There was, um, and they'd sort of ask, she'd ask for some stuff and I, I, to play because I, I, I just don't, I don't only just do the music side of it. I do the other side where I, you know you learn the background music. Yeah. So yeah. I, I ask for a playlist of stuff. That, you know, what do you want to hear in between mm. my sets? Yes. I'll do a wide variety of stuff, which will incorporate, and I'll try to keep it dancey. I'll keep it quiet, steady stuff yeah. when people are eating or, or whatever. You know, and um, but then what I'll do, I'll get stuff with with you know dance or house music or stuff, or I'll get some um, Motown or whatever stuff that I don't do. I, yeah. I have stuff with me. If it's a genre that I don't do, that's right. Then I, you know, if they want to read a bit of Johnny Cash, Hostix. Well, you're covering Cash. everything, then, aren't you? Yeah, that's the idea, and yeah. that's because that's you don't know who you're going to get. When no, you and also, a lot of the time they'll go home and say he played everything. He did Johnny Cash and everything, but you yeah. hadn't played it. it no, was no, no played it. yeah, we stuck it under the break. You know, we played everything. We had Johnny Cash, Ring of Fire. He did everything. Yeah, yeah. I don't do Ring of Fire. No. Never played it with bloody life. Well, that's that's the idea. Anything, anything I don't play, and and so I don't really do the bombs. I'm not I'm not into sort of the James Bay and Ed Sheeran's. The great, but it's it's not it's not for me. I don't really I'm not really into the Foo Fighters. No, and, no, no, and all that no. sort of Kings of Leon, all that all that sort of stuff. It's not me. I, I'm old school. I'm sixties, seventies, maybe seventies and eighties. Yeah. Um, a few of the nineties, and and a, and a few of the fifties. But, but there is such a scope in those yeah. three or four decades. No, there's there a lot is, of scope yeah. anyway. There is, yeah. And um, yeah, I've been I've been asked to do some sixties shows, and, and straight away you can go right when I do uh, Flower Power, Beatles set, you know, Motown yeah. and Soul. Because everything seems to come, uh, and then obviously seventies. You've got the glam rock. We've also got disco. Yeah, got, that's it. And if you, if once you start putting it in genres, you can go. Well, that's not eighty. Even eighties. You've got eighties rock, new wave. Yeah. And it's sort of, oh, well, that's what we know. do with the fake eighties as well. Because that we do, um, we'll do the um, Sarah did a lot of the bubblegum stuff like Tiffany and Kylie's Locomotion stuff like it's that. It's great. We though, isn't it? Uh, but then we do the the slight the rocking like the Eurythmics and the Pretenders and stuff. You do like Thorn that. in My Side. We do thought. Oh, we, we do thought. And she, we, I, 
she's put, I've got a little harmony box for her and she does that initial, you know, yeah, right at the beginning of it. And she does that in three-part harmony. Great. Because she's got this little box. So, you know, the technology's great. Uh, we do that, but because then, if, if there's rockers there, then I'll do stuff like jump Van Halen and I'll, I'll do surfing with the alien. Because that's army. 80s. That's sort of 88. Yeah. I mean, something like that. I think that's a hell of a solo jump. Yeah, I do jump. I've seen it because a lot of the stuff I'm doing, I'm, I, obviously I have to sing and play. Yeah. So I'm, I'm doing. But then that's up your street. That's what you play, and that's, yeah. that's what you play best. Yeah, I do that. I do um, Here I Go Again, White Snake. I do another great band name, Animal Def Leopard. Yeah. Um, I do, uh, uh, what's the other one? Uh, the David Lee Roth one, um, Just Like Paradise. So if people want to rock you, I yeah. stuff. I've, I've got stuff like that. You know, it was a great Joe era for rock music, yeah. actually, in the 80s. It was. I mean, obviously, you yeah, the 70s with Deep Purple and Sabbath and, you know, all that and, and Zeppelin. Yeah. The 80s. 80s were that great. big guitar sound, the massive, you know. The, yeah. The drum with the water on it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's but, but some of the solos from there, like Is This Love and uh, White Snake and uh, obviously... Love Ain't No Stranger and things yeah. like that. These songs that are absolutely, yeah. and, and today still sound as strong as anything that's around the day. And that's yeah. like 30 years ago. Exactly. That. A Hysteria album, Def Leppard. Yeah. It took them about four oh. years to make it as well. Yeah, it? fantastic. And it cost them an arm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cost, them, cost them the drummer's arm. And, yeah. But um, that sort of stuff, I love that sort of stuff. And, and that's obviously up your street. Totally, that's is that, yeah. is that probably what you listen to the most or, or what you enjoy, what you take the most from when you're performing? If someone says to you, oh, can you play... Van Halen jump or yeah, so, yeah, seventies and eighties. Something inside you guys. I've kind of yeah. I do like yeah, I'm like big on the seventies, yeah. but I did get because I think I think the eighties actually the guitar players that started to come out then mm. started pushing the boundaries even more. Totally, you know, yeah. Ingvar Malmsteen, you um, Steve Vai. Yeah, um, I'll play the Vai gems. I do prefer um, Satriani because he's more melodic. I like yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've always. I mean, I'm not going to knock anybody. But no. I always find the angry wasp stuff. I'm, I'm a bit. Yeah. I, I like. I, I'd rather play. Yeah, I like, I like the. Yeah, I like the. Mod, I like, I like the a G chord that cracks your ribs. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more, more ACDC than. Uh, yeah. Than that sort of stuff. So a solo. Let's let's pick a solo out of the air. Final countdown. Oh yeah, I, I don't do that one. No. But. And that's one of the things that I've always wanted someone to sit down and say to me, "This is how it goes," because I can't hear it. I can't. And most of the solos I can work out. And I say, "Oh, I know how that's done." And I've always thought, I wonder how, that's, how does he get that sound? And somebody showed me recently, and I, I can't get it. I can't. It's so fast. Yeah. It's only like a tapping thing, whatever. So you're busy with fake eighties, and you're busy doing your solo stuff. What's the future hold for you? What are you looking forward to? Just carry on doing that. Just and, keep and doing the, it. What I would like to do is take it to somewhere like Alicante. Go, ideally, because we, we've got two two gaffs. Once we get the mortgage paid up, one mm. one we got haven't got long for about four years, I think. Yeah. And then hopefully if I'm if I'm not too infirm, I'm 57 now. I'm trying to get fitter. I've lost over stone. Gotta say you've lost a bit of weight, haven't you? I've lost four stone three now. Have you really? How you done that? Just habits? Just no. I, I about just over a year ago, I was diagnosed with very high blood pressure. Right. So I had to do something about it. So I just I just I obviously they gave me some pills to help lower it. But I also mm. came home, googled um, foods to make your lower blood, you know, for your blood pressure and stuff. Yeah. And it came up with kiwi fruits and other bits. So it's a superfood. So I went, oh, okay, what's superfoods? Tapped in superfoods. Cut this list of about 16, 17 bits and pieces, like, you know, um, walnuts, almonds, do stuff like cow, curly cow. Right. It's like eating next door's privet edge, but it's I'm really sure it is, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and all these different food, butter beans, chickpeas, and, and all sorts of stuff like that. And, um, 
So yeah. Oh, actually, what's 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 the difference between a lentil and a chickpea? I don't know. I wouldn't pay good money to have a lentil on my chest. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so all, all the superfoods, and, I, and I, just, I just ate those. I've been eating just just have that. Now and again, I have a little treat. You know, I'll, I'll have me, me sort of chips and stuff like that, but not yeah. not very often. And then I just started walking the dogs a lot. I don't like exercise, and I, I, I bought an exercise bike which I've hardly bloody used. Yeah. But I've managed to just do loads and loads of walking um, over the last year. Again, I'm a fair weather walker. I don't like the the, the rain and snow and the. Yeah, but you're walk. you're surrounded by dogs, Terry. Yeah, so not having to be a fair river walker, you've got a really long lead. I know. Just to get out of the window. Yeah, you've always got pictures of your dogs on. on yeah, Facebook. I love them. Oh, they're great. They're just, they're just such fun characters. They're, they're, it's, it's, it's horrible, really, because we've, we've got two in particular, one or one in particular, that he, he's. To everybody else, he's a horrible little dog. He, he, he has a go at people and growls and. Right. But he's so nervous. But yet with us, he's the most loving little dog on the planet. I've got two kids like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't see any wrong in them. No. <laughs> they're, they're great. They're good. Good fun. They don't like. They don't like the, uh, the, the music. They've asked if I set up and start playing in there. They howl. Really. Like actually, is yeah, it backing like, vocals or just? It's almost like uh, Mademoiselle Nobs from the old Pink Floyd and the Gamera. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> so, future holds Alicante. Is that what you fancy? Yeah, we, we fancy Alicante because we we want to be able. Obviously, I've got parents. My, my wife's parents are over with us, but it's somewhere where we can fly out from South End or something like that. Mm. Um, fly out from South End, and you're home in in like a few hours. Yeah. So if anything happens, you know you can get back quickly yeah. enough. You're right near right near the air, airport. Somewhere, anywhere that flies back from South End is where we'd we'll be happy to, to pop down, you know. And uh, there's a nice little music scene out there. They've got some few friends out there. Ray Frost is out that sort of way, mm. I think. And um, got Martin Lawford, who used to be the Joker, is out there. Um, Matt Coyne, another Basildon lad, he's, he's out there with, with his missus, his missus Lisa thing. So I've got some friends out there that, that sort of doing a little bit. And that'd be quite. That's what you're saying, you really fancy doing it. Yeah, fancy going ab- going abroad and, and doing a few like you know, bit of solo, bit of duo, and just plod along. So the two questions I I haven't properly asked you. One of them was original stuff. Did you ever dabble with? I mean, you said about the original stuff early on. Early. Did on. you ever write anything yourself, or you just not? No, no, that's the thing. I'm not that I'm not that inventive when it comes to doing stuff. And and a lot of the time, I, I when when I have done going back years when I did do it, I just thought. It's not as good as the stuff that I, you know, I'm, I'm listening to by mm. other people, and there's, there's people that write some good stuff, but I, I'm not that proficient. It wasn't for you. No just... lyrics, crap lyrics. Um, but yeah, you're you're great with sayings, though. You're great with words, or or you like you like quotations. And I do. Like yeah, that. I do. I do like to. You're good I, with that. You often I, put, you know, humour. I'm good with humour. Maybe I sort of write some funny stuff. Yeah. But I, not really. Yeah, I, I didn't really get sort of because the other little thing that that did come about with that is that from, I had kids from a young I was very young when we had kids so the lure of six nights a week in a band yeah, earning money to, to, you know, to help supplement the little day job I had as well mm-hmm. or that little day job I used to do 60 hours at Caligas and, and still gig six nights a week Yeah, I used to come home the only time I'd come home early from from doing overtime would be to go out and I'm a, no good for a marriage so it was split no, that, that that's that, the, that, yeah. That, that was but there the, are normally you get when you when you start getting into music. There's you, usually there's a fork in the road at some point where you say, "Do I pursue the 
the yeah. covers and make a living or do a you know pursue the original stuff and hope yeah, to make that, something that from it sort of disappeared like and the, the two ago. don't off, often work together how many no. times you go and see a band and they say we're going to play one of our own yeah, songs and you, now and, and you think oh and you sort of think well I've watched you rock out for two hours I don't want to hear you like a single nah. <laughs> it's dreadful but uh, we are it's, 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 that's the like that. thing about it that, that, that is really horrible because you know that's if it weren't you know the stuff we're doing now the mm. stuff we play had to be written by someone and, that's and, right, and, yeah. that, and it's just not you know I mean you, you, you've got your, your, your modern people but so none of it really does anything for me you know Ed Sheeran and stuff like that and Nice. You know, it's, it's okay, but it's just I can always find something in it that I've heard before. You know, whenever they say we've got this new artist, this new song, I can always find either a, a, a loop in it or a sound in it where I sort of go, oh, that sounds like nineteen eighty. You know, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like there's music's get to a point where you say, Well they release a ballad now with a drum machine. Well, Michael Jackson was doing that. Yeah. Take that I've done that. You know, there's nothing new with that. And there's nothing new in the soulful voice. There's nothing new for it. So I'd rather go back and listen to Gillen, or yeah, that's, or that that's, sort that's, of that's that's me. You know, I, that sort I, of I prefer the I'm, I'm an old, old fifty-seven, but I, you know, I prefer I prefer the seven. The seventies and eighties are my, are my favourite eras. Sixties I, I quite like, yeah. but I had quite you know I was I was I, you've like, made a living at the seventies and the eighties. Seventies and eighties, I've yeah, done, yeah. That's, that's basically what you've done, and yeah, you, you you won't often catch you finding. Playing too many Beatles songs because you you you're, you're often no. there doing eighties big, so, right, big yeah. solos. That, yeah. that's that's what you're about, mate. Yeah. So I'm, for I'm, the technically minded out there, what what's your current setup? The current setup is a setup I've had for years upon years, twenty years. Um, going back to nineteen ninety six, when I had the th three piece, I had a little I had a stereo combo, um, which was uh, a Carlswood GLX one fifty C. Right, and I took the speaker out of it because it was only a three piece. I took the speaker out of that combo. I was on the right hand side of the drummer, as you look out. Yeah, and I put it in a cabinet and I put it the other side. So, yeah, so when I hit that chorus, yeah. it was a big stereo spread. Yeah, and then I bought a, a, a Roland GP hundred again, August ninety six, twenty years ago. Right, and I came out the I came I came out the send of that stereo combo mm. into the GP hundred, and I had another pair of speakers. So it was like a double stereo. A massive guitar it sound. Huge. Yeah. It was a huge guitar sound. So when when we done the Floyd stuff as a three piece, you know, you got you got to fill it out because you, yeah. you're trying to cover for rip of light course, and of course, yeah. So and that gave us a huge sound. Well then, as I got into, I started doing solo stuff gigs about seventeen years ago. I thought, well, I don't want to carry all this lot out and me PA as well because I, no. I did. I used to carry that. I used to carry the double stereo stuff for the guitar and the PA. Yeah, I had the PA. I talked about this a lot. We used to go out. We had bass bins. We had this. And <laughs> yeah, this big setup, and it was yeah. So it was really so. The, when I got solo, I thought, well, I don't really need because if if I want to make the sounds, I, I started to do when I done my backing tracks. A couple when I initially done my backing tracks, I actually recorded on my backing tracks the sound effects. So I'd plug in, right. turn the main guitar sound off. And just have the effect right. of the GP under the time, so that when I was playing live, it sounded like I was plugged into the GP under because oh, all the, still all, the it, I still had that sort of the the reverbs and the yeah. and the, the different sounds, so it just sounded. But I could I could play that I'd be playing the notes, and had the, the normal guitar sound, but the actual guitar actual guitar sound that was coming out mm. on so not all of them, just a few tracks, was actually. The effect it was just like just a, the effect, just an ambience, just kind of yeah, it was recorded on the backing track. Yeah, and then 
And I thought, no, I'll tell you, I don't even want to carry a combo now. So what I did in the end then, I just I just wrapped up, I used mini discs initially. Yeah. So yeah. I had I had a rack, a combo rack, which had an angle which angled. So I had a mixing desk in the top, and then the, the I had a four unit then, and I had a mini disc player and the GP hundred mm. into a pair of back then I used Lems. I used Lems, I bought a couple of cabinets, but the Beagles have got me Lem cabinets now, right. base cabinets. Um and then I moved to Mackey's, and then a few years ago I moved out to RCF 710s because I'm not, I'm not getting any stronger as it is. So it's now a very it's a simple setup. I've got a Mackey desk, Profex 12, and I put my GP100 through there. I'll put a min, one U mini display. I've got one unit mini display yeah. now, the old radio stations used. And I also use my iPad for backing tracks. So I've got yeah. two sources. So I can now, I can I set the next song up, and like a DJ, I just go straight to the next song. Yeah, we don't, yeah, my brother actually, um, my brother coined the phrase, he won't mind me saying it, yeah. he coined the phrase, taking away their human rights, which basically meant not giving them the right to clap. And he's, yeah. <laughs> what he means by that is when it's really quiet, I'd rather go to the next song than to hear. Yeah, exactly. That. I'd rather go to the next song. Yeah. And not give anybody a chance so to. So if, if you're, yeah. If on the rare occasion now they're all having a boogie and a dance, you don't want to stop. I don't want to stop. No. I don't want no. that. I don't want that gap. So no. That's why I use two two dots. So now I just take two little seven tens because they're great. I mean, I, I only do small venues. I don't do massive venues. No, no, I do no. a bigger venue, like we did one over at the the shell, what's called the Shell Club or the, or the, the um this change Spring name, Spring House. Yeah, I would take a pair of speakers out for out front, and then yeah. behind me I'd have a couple of monitors because I don't have monitors in the conventional. If I'm going to have monitors. Yeah. I'll have them facing outwards from yeah. behind me. Yeah, so you've it's got like, It's like I've got a band behind That's me. That's right. You need yeah, yeah. click tracks and stuff. You know, because yeah. you obviously need to click if you do stuff like um, Switch Child of Mine. Yes. You've got a little ding, ding, you know, you've got to keep got a key time with that. Yeah. yeah. So, but predominantly, I'll, I'll have my, I'll just use me, me um, RCFs. A lot of the time, I'll have them on the floor angled up as like, the monitors facing outwards because it's like, small venues and stuff. You get a big wide stereo spread. You're immersed in it. Nice sound. And you can mix. You can mix yourself in it. Yeah, you're in the middle of this big wash. Multi-directional. Yeah, because we'll be back in stereo. The guitars in stereo. Yeah. Different ping pong delays and stuff. And you know, again, when you're doing tracks like Time and stuff, you've got all them the echoes going. So many things going and on. You, you feel. You know, you can feel. You're you're in the mix and you can feel what you what mm. you're doing. And you put more, I, I put a lot of passion into it. Well, um, you know, there's no point in doing it, is it? No, that's it. But uh, well, everybody does, I suppose. But but what I'm saying is that that, that helps with enhance that because mm. if you're immersed in the sound, you get. Um, and they say if they're dancing, keep it moving. Keep it moving. Yeah, that's um, if and, and again, as you as your brother says, you know, you'd rather near that or, or not nothing. Go into the next song. <laughs> I mean, six people clapped the other night. I thought it was a cow having a crap. We <laughs> 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 do. You just, when you hear that, yes, I like cash in. Terry, it's been an absolute pleasure to meet you, mate. Finally, to meet you in the flesh, having having spoken to you so many times on on Facebook. Yeah. Thanks very much for giving me your time. Thank you. Forward to yeah. seeing you again. Brilliant stuff, mate. Cheers, mate. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Bye. -bye.